inside the Hawks front office. Travis has done a great job, in my opinion, of hiring the right people first, right? Because this whole thing is really just a team of teams. Welcome to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Sarah Spencer, Hawks beat reporter for the AJC. And today, we are chatting with Hawks assistant GM Landry Fields, former player, who became a scout for the Spurs, then GM of the Spurs G League affiliate, and of course now is with the Hawks. Landry has a super valuable perspective on things, having been in so many different positions and roles. And honestly, it was really awesome to get his perspective on roster building, the mental and emotional side of the game and just industry, his future with the franchise and much more. So I definitely think you guys are are really going to enjoy this one. The Hawks Report is brought to you by Emory Healthcare, the official team healthcare provider of the Atlanta Hawks. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution is taking Georgia political coverage to the next level. Now, Georgia's smartest political team is adding Hall of Fame political broadcaster Bill Nygut. I am beyond thrilled to be joining the remarkable political team at the AJC. And with the year that we have unfolding in politics, it's going to be an exciting ride. Read Bill Nygut's expert insight on AJC.com and listen to the Politically Georgia podcast with me, Greg Bluestein, And me, Patricia Murphy. And me, Tia Mitchell. Hear new episodes every weekday. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. A quick reminder that if you're listening to us for the first time, Please subscribe on Apple or Spotify so you never miss an episode. Landry, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thanks for bracing the thunderstorms. If anybody's in Atlanta, you know that today was thunderstorm central, so I appreciate you. <laughs> no, for sure. I got into the office just before it hit, so oh, I'm good. Okay, okay. I'm trying to time it right, too. Like, I'll leave when it's over. Right as the clouds. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's dark and ugly. I know, I know. I, so I have to start out by asking you... Um, did you always know you wanted to go into more of a front office role? Like, is that something that was in the back of your mind when you were playing and stuff like that? Um, good question. I don't think it was. I don't think I was really attuned to it until maybe like my last year in the NBA with Toronto. Um, I guess I joke because I did a lot of basketball scouting that year. Just because I was on the bench, I wasn't playing. Oh, as a player, you were <laughs> oh, doing play, some yeah. scouting. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep myself engaged in this game. I'm going to actually just watch this team, apart from the scouting report, and see how much it aligns and figure out what makes Kevin Durant really good, Clay Thompson really good. And lots I just of kept, lots of those things. Yeah. <laughs> just really, uh, just really trying to dive into um, just that scouting aspect of it. And it was something that intrigued me. I, I would assume that a lot of basketball players are kind of like that, but. It was something where I had had conversations with Bobby Webster at the time, and he was sort of 
giving me some insights into how the Raptors had did things, what scouting looked like. Um, first introduction to like the cap and the CBA, because he has a great background in that as well. And all that was very intriguing, like roster construction, strategy, um, just the leadership portion of it too, like Masai and watching how he operated. And when he first came in and he was kind of laying out a vision for everyone, it was really appealing to me and it really grabbed my attention. So I would say that I didn't have necessarily have the language for it at that time, but yeah. kind of looking back, like it really was something that was sort of floating that I knew maybe it's something I could get into. But at that point in time, I was just trying to get like an injury in my career, like and on track to play basketball as long as I could. I didn't know that would be my last year playing, but um, it was definitely in the background of my mind at that point. Was it mostly, I think a lot of people, a lot of Hawks fans and people who listen to this podcast might be pretty familiar with your journey, Mm -hmm. but it was mostly like injuries that kind of brought your playing career to an end, right? Yeah. Or I just wasn't good enough. I don't know. One of the two. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't it like a nerve thing or something? Yeah. It's, um, or something is more in line with the description. (laughs) Yeah. I have no idea. It's really odd. Um, even to this day, like you know, if we play basketball here in uh, the practice facility. We play one-on-one. We play one-on-one, yeah. <laughs> I could definitely show you what happens. It's like my hand does this weird clawing motion and um, sort of involuntarily. Like hmm. any dynamic movements, you can feel like this weakness and this dullness that has come about. But like during the time um, when it first came on was my first year in Toronto. And I don't have to go into the full backstory, but basically it was just like it started doing it just on its own. Oh, so it didn't, it wasn't like you got hit and that started happening. Uh, Or maybe it was, I just don't remember what the specific hit was. Um, But it just like came out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden I'm on this like three year journey of multiple surgeries and time in and out uh, of playing, not playing, in the lineup, not in the lineup. Um, So you can imagine. (laughs) <laughs> it was quite a, like a death to self in a sense because basketball, you know, at that point in time, you make it that far. It is uh, all consuming. It's, it's your whole you, life. It's your whole life. It's what you dream of doing. It's what you want to do for 10 to 15 years if you're lucky. And um, in year going into year three, I'm like, no, wait, <laughs> whoa, what's happening here? And yeah. I thought it would be something that would be easy to fix, but um, no, it really wasn't. And so I think it was a combination, not just of the physical aspects of it, because I was still playing and like Dwayne Casey was great at that point in time, trying to figure out a way for me to have a role on the team. So a lot of it was defense. Um, but the physical aspect of not being able to shoot because I had really grown into being a, a shooter and spacing the floor, uh, just the mental side of it too. Like it was, it was tough. It was tough to kind of wrap my, my head around something that I had no idea what was going on. And Thank God for my wife and um, the training staff there. Alec McKechnie, Jamma Mahalalela was unbelievable as well. And I always butcher his last name. So if he hears this, just know, like, I tried. but <laughs> You tried your best. Yeah, it's, it sounded right, though. Um, <laughs> but just to have the, that sort of cushion and that guidance throughout it was, um, was really helpful. And then just so after those three years, it was, you know, I had what I was going to do post-career, trying to physically get healthy, trying to mentally wrap my head around, like, how can I continue on like this when I can't kind of break through that glass ceiling of development? Um, Yeah, and then I just remember I told my wife one day, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm done. I'm just mentally, I'm cooked. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm cooked. Uh, And it was like a couple weeks later that the Spurs called and said that they had a scouting position open. So to your earlier question, it was like, okay, like that was kind of floating in the back of my mind. And here we go with the Spurs. They're, um, They're offering an opportunity for me. So I took it. It sounds like, I mean, I can't imagine how much of a challenge that is because even me, like, watching the Hawks and watching these guys, it does become, I mean, it's 
their schedules are crazy. It's like your whole from sun up to sundown. That's your life. And then what was that challenge like? But then also it sounds like the fact that you had been doing a little scouting and get it getting into that and already mm-hmm. that being a kind of at the forefront of your mind, like that almost helped the transition a little bit, maybe? It did. Yeah. It gave me I guess it gave me a, a preliminary vision beyond the vision that had gotten me to that place in um in the first place. So I to your point, yeah, like it is the season is such a grind. Um and it's hard to it's hard to describe if you're not living it. I mean, you travel like wherever we go, so you kinda have like a like a taste of what it's like. I've got a little like. taste yeah. of it, but I'm not, though. sometimes it's so funny. Like the Hawks will be on the second day of a back-to-back and I'm like, gosh, I'm so tired. And then I'm like, whoa, I better not say that to a player. Yeah. <laughs> they actually just played the game and I'm like, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, you see, but you see the importance of if you, you have so much physical activity, uh-huh. how taking care of your body and mm-hmm. just the ups and downs of rest and the unpredictability of the season how guys have to really maintain not just their bodies and their physical, but their minds as well. Because um, I always think of it, I grew up surfing. And if you ever get caught in... You're a California guy. I'm a California kid, yeah. If I'm wearing Vans, you know why. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, I I grew up surfing and um, there's, there's sets of waves that come. And sometimes when you're really tired and you're paddling, like those waves can become so daunting that you just kind of have to sit on your board and kind of like float over them. But if you're not far out enough, you don't just ride over them. You start to get the crash and the whitewash right on you. And I use that sort of like an analogy where there's points of the season where you're just so tired of paddling and those waves are coming one after another. Like you are just kind of like at the mercy of whatever's coming. (laughs) (laughs) And so if you're not doing the hard work of getting out past um, that breaking point, uh, it can be it can be tough. It can be really tough. And not only that, but you got the demands of us as a front office, of fans, as an organization, media. That media. Pesky media Goodness yeah. gracious, <laughs> terrible. How dare you? <laughs> but you know, like those are all. I mean, even your own expectations, right? Like all these guys, they want to be the best at what they do, mm-hmm. and um, they all have those desires. So there's a ton of different voices that are coming in and out. Um, and you know, that's not to say like necessarily NBA players are special. There's people. And all walks. We all struggle with that. Yeah. Yes, for sure. But in the context of this conversation, that's what, uh, that's something to just keep in mind, to be mindful of when you're thinking about these guys. Have you been glad to see there be more of a conversation around mental health, whether it is in the, whether it's across the country in general, Mm -hmm. or I know Trey's involved with a lot of that stuff too. And because I have thought about that before, like sometimes we, and you know, these guys, like, you know, of course they can. Uh, there's going to be things that are said about you. Of course, there's going to be criticism. Of course, there's going to be stuff like that. But have you been glad to see that and for there to be a little bit more of a conversation on that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. It is um, It's one of the most important topics of the last decade, I would say. And intermingled with all of that is like social media. And just the fact that as humans, we're community creatures, right? Like we care what other people think. We want to learn and grow and build with one another towards greater purposes, bigger than ourselves. And in the sports world, especially, I mean, I understand like I'm not knocking or saying it's not important outside of the sports world, but again, like in context, For for what we're talking about for sure is there's so many voices that are coming inside and we're using, you know, I'm saying we, as if I'm a player, but players are using these outside voices to kind of get a sense of self. So they have to be extremely guarded and create boundaries of, what are the most important voices that are they're going to allow into their psyche to influence the type of actions that they want? And 
I don't blame guys for getting off of Twitter or social media or really kind of, they almost feel cold in a sense because they do have to be very mindful of who they're letting into their inner space. And just as any front office or coach, we're trying to enter into that space too. Um, and sometimes it's hard, like guys are guarded and mm-hmm. I, I totally understand, I totally understand mm-hmm. that. But for the larger picture to have anybody of prominent influence speak out on, um, on such a sensitive, important topic, I think is great because you can't change what you can't see. So as long as you're naming it, that at least gives people the awareness to say, okay, this is what I'm experiencing. If you know what you're experiencing, then that gives you at least the the base foundation of what you need to do to change it or to help it or, you know, the support that you might need in it. So it's to your point, it's very important. I want to read you a quote from Travis Schlank, obviously Hawks GM Travis Schlank. Mm Mm-hmm. This is when you were hired as (laughs) some guy named Travis. Um, Not important. Um, This is when you were hired as assistant GM. Said I might not. Travis said this. I might not be the most related person to a 22 year old NBA player. I really wanted to have someone who could compliment me and my deficiencies. I don't know that I've ever been described as warm and fuzzy, (laughs) but I think it's important to relate with the players, establish solid relationships with the players, and with Landry, those are certainly his strengths. That was a big draw. I think he's got a very bright future in this league. So I read that just to ask, because I know being in the front office a lot of times, it is about X's and O's and what can you bring to the team and those tangibles. How do you Mm -hmm. balance that with also these guys are humans and just the things that we just talked about? Yeah, another Great question. And I, and I've heard that quote before and I always am appreciative of what Travis says about me. And I also compliment. That must mean you are Mormon fuzzy. Oh, I guess, <laughs> I guess he, he will tell you the truth. So right. that's, uh, that's one of his biggest strengths and just, uh, the self-awareness that he has in that is, um, you know, it's, 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 it's humbling for sure. But, you know, a lot of times it's, it's how you approach, um, day in and day out. It's the posture that you want to take. And if you just keep on, let's say, like your front office hat, yeah, you're you're looking and you're evaluating from everything on the court to how guys are operating on the bench and the mistakes that they made, the triumphs that they make. I mean, all this is going into the evaluation process, and that's just sports nature. Um, but the posture that I want to at least grow into or try to come into the office with, not just for players but for coworkers and staff, is a posture of um, – of collaboration and partnership and trying to see first through the lens of humanity as opposed to the lens of player or coworker. Right. And I think if we get that right, the other stuff sort of takes care of itself. Like let's, let's address the humanity of it. And then we can get into the competencies, the skills that we're trying to evolve in and get better at. Um, and that's tough, right? Like, cause it's, Again, it's the nature of sports, and um, yeah, it's like a, it's like everybody will say like, oh, it's a make or miss league, yeah. and it's like, oh, that's kind, of, it's harsh, but it's true. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, I know there is an element of truth to that, um, but that doesn't mean that we don't, um, doesn't mean that we don't have to have, or I, I guess I'm just saying like we your can attitude still have about a, it. Yeah, yeah, that's we can still have a great attitude about it, and we can still operate in a way that um, is very enticing. And also helpful mm-hmm. um, in that regard. And I think that if any players can experience that first, then we get to the point, which I was alluding to earlier, about them opening up and understanding, like, be I comfortable know, with you. Be comfortable with you. I'm on your side. Yes, there, there could become a day where we knock on your door, call you, and be like, yeah, you've been traded or X, whatever may happen. But while you're here, we want you to know that we are going to affirm your humanity first. And that's not 
always perfect, right? Like we're all works in progress. We're all trying to operate in that space. But if they can understand that, um, I think it, I think it makes a better environment and culture. Of course. I want to ask about the dynamics of the Hawks front office, because I get a lot of questions about this. I think it's something people are so curious about in terms of how you guys collaborate when it comes to, like we were just talking about, you mentioned you were doing stuff with like the draft and looking at prospects, but Mm -hmm. then, you know, obviously we've got the play in tournament looming. So you're balancing it with day to day stuff. There's like salary cap stuff to look at. There's just so much. I mean, I could list like 30 things. There's so much going on at all times. How do you guys work together to kind of make this thing go? Well, Travis has done a great job, in my opinion, of hiring the right people first, right? Like, you have to entrust all those things that you just said (laughs) to a number of different people who make up a number of different departments because this whole thing is really just a team of teams to steal General General McChrystal's book. Mm -hmm. Um, And you have to set the gatherings and the meetings and the collaboration to be intentional about that to ask, you know, Michelle Lefwich or Ryan Silverstein, like, hey, we have stuff going on with the cap right now. What's that look like in our future tax implications, not just with the Hawks, but with the whole NBA at large. And then you're cross-examining that with, you know, Dwight and Max who run our analytics department. um, And how does that connect with each other? So just being intentional about um, those different spaces and then leaning on and trusting in their first filter or their lens, which is just, you know, the, their first role and responsibility to organization um, and then just trying to connect the dots. So a lot of it is trust and leveraging other people's skills that you might not be great at yourself, um, but then also being a promoter of collaboration and communicating. And hopefully that brings alignment and we make good decisions because at the end of the day, that's where we rise and fall. <laughs> right, right, right. So as an assistant GM, like, do you have, I guess, quote unquote, a, a specific focus, like something that you're looking at throughout the whole year? Or is it because I know you're also involved in roster building, uh-huh. you know, I don't know if this is like too broad or too narrow a question, I guess. Is there like one thing you're, you know, focusing on or is it like everything? Um. Like for you, for you specifically. Give me uh, your job description. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it depends. It depends on the day. I feel like I have many hats. Uh-huh. Um, I do think that there are primary roles, though. Uh, Travis, even in the quote you mentioned, it is trying to build connection with players, relationships, relationships. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, being the relationship guy. I yeah. Guess, yeah. So. <laughs> um, but that's just that's that's everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. But the, my biggest background is in scouting. You know, yeah. it is looking at the amateur ranks from high school to college to overseas and trying to figure out the draft process. And then how does that tie into professional scouting, like guys that you'd want to trade for free agents um, and the like. So those I would say are probably primary, but then it comes down to just um, seeing needs or just seeing different, I guess you could say factors that may need addressing where we can celebrate those and affirm those. And then also like, well, Hey, let's try something new here. What's a different operating system or process we can implement with this specific department that may be beneficial to all of us at large. And, um, those areas in particular, I I really am fond of I love anything culture wise or development, uh, in leaning on other people's eyes and perspectives because, I'll be the first to admit, like, I, I got blind spots. So I look in the mirror, I can't see the back of my head. So you got to tell me what's going on back there. It's the same thing in any organizations. If we can do the hard work and have the humility to understand, like, we don't, we just, there's things that we don't know. So I need your eyes to help see myself. And I need your eyes to help see this organization in a way where I might not see it. I have my own filters. So. Those are all fun. <laughs> what have you, you've been the, with the Hawks, is it two years? Yeah, this now? is my second year Second now. year, okay. Is there anything that 
when you were doing that evaluating that you were talking about, is there anything that you've said, okay, can we change this or can we tweak this? Yes. A lot of times it's just in, in process. Like how do we operate better as one? Like when you get that alignment amongst departments from our APT staff to coaches, to analytics, to cap strategy. Um, and then just getting with Travis and asking him like, Hey, what's, what's the vision you see here? What do you think about this too? Because in my own journey, a man in that position with his background and the championships that he's won, the players that he's had to be a part of in, in roster construction are all very appealing to me. And I would be a fool not to look up to him and say, like, give me the gold right now. Like, I'm here. What is it that, that you see? And but for then, those listening, Travis was doing scouting and then worked his way up at, at Golden State. Yes, mm. yes. Yeah, he has a phenomenal background, even like in some coaching there. His, the way he sees the game um, – is, is he's a basketball a, guy. He's a basketball yeah, guy. He yeah. really has the front office and um, and the coaching experience with that. It, it's awesome. But uh, that is where getting his direction, it's like, okay, how do I make Travis look good right now? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, oh, yeah. What is it I see? But he's also great too where he gives you a lot of freedom to kind of like just like go operate. You, you know, Yeah, if there's something financial that I need money for, then I'm like, hey, what do you think of this? Um uh, and we'll see if that fits with our values and if it fits with, you know, what's going to ultimately benefit the Hawks. Um, but for the most part, this is, and this is where I, I truly love what he's done for me is allowing me to operate with a lot of liberty. And I know if I cross a boundary on something and I'm not saying like anything of moral, it's just like, yeah. Hey, that might not work with us. Yeah. He'll be the first to let you know, as I said, he's very honest and he's and straightforward yeah. as someone who's spoken with Travis a lot. Like he's going to shoot straight. Yeah, he definitely is. And I would imagine that's great for media yeah because yeah exactly because if he says something you're like okay yeah yeah you could take that you could take that to the bank right, for sure right um so you know whether it's working with um some of our younger crew and trying to just give them some leadership tools let's say because all of them want to progress right like we all want to progress and transform and win at our jobs so if I can be a part of the group that creates the space for people to flourish in, equipping them, which ultimately empowers what they're trying to do themselves. And it's beneficial to the Hawks. Mm -hmm. Then you have a win-win, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's the goal. Mm -hmm. And Travis does a great job of letting me kind of take the lead on that one. This is the Hawks report from the Atlanta journal constitution. Hip hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta journal constitution presents hip hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. I'm Ernie Suggs. And I'm Ned Ravone. Atlanta has been known as the black mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I want to thank everyone who subscribes to the AJC and AJC.com. It is what makes all of this possible. And if you aren't a subscriber, you can go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast, and your first month of unlimited digital access is just 99 cents. 
www.subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on. Okay, let's keep talking with Landry. So I've got to ask you um, about, I think it was in December, I think it was The Athletic that had mentioned that a lot of people in the Hawks front office, including Travis, are kind of headed for contract extensions in the off season and Mm -hmm. you're essentially on track to take over as, as GM or something to that effect. What can you tell us about the status of, of all that stuff? Oh gosh, that will probably be something better question for Travis Mm -hmm. and ownership and um, maybe something this summer. I think the way this season has gone, right? Like you were there in the beginning and we had expectations and we had said some things like our focal point has really been that. And of course, like, Everyone wonders, like, at the end of the day, what does that mean for us in the front office? But our job is to kind of focus on that and, and serve them well. And we're kind of just going to let the chips fall where they may on that one. Maybe maybe we get something done. Maybe we don't. But at the end of the day, I think ownership will do right by people. They've always been good. We have an incredible group who is not shy about using the resources to help us be the best organization, best in class, as Tony Ressler would say. What are your thoughts on this season? It's been so up and down, you know, um, and recently the Hawks, this was the first time that they got three games above 500, another four games above 500, five game win streak as, as of when we're, we're talking right now, this will come out tomorrow. So game against Toronto tonight, Mm -hmm. um, some big games down the stretch for the Hawks, but just what are your thoughts on how this season has gone? I guess you're asking at the right time, too, because at one point... It's a better some, time to ask. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but there's some happy things to talk about now. There's <laughs> some happy things to talk about. Um, I start with, just recently, I was, I was standing on the court, and we have the, the standings up on, on the wall. And I'm looking at the standings, and I'm like, wow, like, given our season, we're not in a terrible spot. And we're not that far out of, like, a true playoff spot. I know we're in the play-in right now. And the East is so st- stacked together and weird this year and competitive it is it is a weird year for sure but I I found myself in that moment very hopeful and optimistic um in 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 a very sobering way and I'll come back to that word sobering Sobering. for sure I'll write it down (laughs) where um I look at that and I go like okay given our season given what we expected and, and set out to accomplish probably didn't measure up up until this point there's still more season left right like we could still do some things and this group has proven in the past that they can do some things even after sort of a, a rocky road and in that moment I was like okay like this is great like the future is still seemingly bright for us we have good young stars we have um we have the ups and downs of this year and I use that as a positive because in any life circumstance, right? You need to go through these pit stages in order to kind of soberly see yourself and soberly see out into the world at large. And it gives you a clear vision of like, okay, now we know what we need to, to change. Because when you're flying high, it's, it's easy to overlook a ton of different things and whatnot. But through this season and COVID and injuries aside, right? Like that's, that was a big part of it for a lot of different teams and us um, for that was, sure. That was about a, a month that was kind of, that was the kind of the lost month for you guys from yeah. mid-December to mid-January yeah. when Trey tested positive and then everyone tested positive. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> a And then it was the G experience. League for a little bit there. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, that was, the, the lost month was not necessarily on yeah. y'all. That was a lot of circumstances. Yeah, and I was about as happy for the G League. I mean, like, we can't like first shout out Kinda to cool. college park, right? I mean, like yeah. they have been cooking yeah. the last 
what few weeks here and they got themselves a playoff berth so mm-hmm. good for them they've mm-hmm. done a great job tori and ty and the crew has been amazing and oh I'm, I'm gonna ask you more about that because i know you oh. did g league stuff with the spurs too so can't wait yeah. well i won't jump ahead i'll get back to the original <laughs> question here um really it comes down to okay we we had high expectations there was there was great emotion and excitement, right? Then we kind of hit this pit stage, and we were kind of like, oh, snap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's a lot of things that we didn't foresee, and there's things that we're going to have to work through. But, you know, through all that struggle, it gives you the mirror to kind of see where we're truly at. It gives you the mirror to see where we need to get better at and what we, like what food we got to get out of our teeth, let's say, to keep up with the analogy. Um, and then now in this stage, it feels like we're kind of coming out of that, right? Like we made necessary adjustments. The coaches did a great job. The players, they took responsibility and ownership. Like, okay, here's where we need to get better at. And then from a front office standpoint, we're evaluating like, okay, what are our biggest needs right now? And where we're at and what I was saying earlier about being hopeful, it's like, I see us playing good basketball right now, but I don't take that for granted based off of this season. Cause I know it's, it's, it ebbs and flows and going, it's, it's hopefully peaking at the right time going into play-in slash playoffs. And we'll kind of see what happens from there. Let the chips fall where they may, right? But even from here beyond, it's more like, okay, I think we have a good sober look on how to approach seasons and what it is and what it takes to actively be in a position where um, a lot of teams where they're, they're forecasted to be pretty good, like you have a target on your back all the time. Yeah, I mean, sky high expectations this year for sure yeah. because of how last season went. For sure, and teams come in and those like, well, okay, the Atlanta Hawks are they're a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. Like we can't just roll over and just rest our stars. Yeah, and think we're going to beat them. So mm-hmm. um, it was good for us to experience that. We need that experience to set up for like the long term play. Like the short term was great, and we want to have that. But um, I think we're set up well for the long term, and we'll see what that looks like. When you say evaluating needs, do you mean more like with the group you have right now? Or are you thinking about like, okay, here's the shakeup. Obviously, I'm not going to ask you to like name names of like, oh, let's yeah. trade for him. But like, <laughs> um, are, are you thinking in the back of your mind, are you always kind of thinking like, okay, long term, I think we're going to need X in yeah. order to reach what we want to reach? Right. Well, I mean, it, it's no secret. Like we were really good offensively this year defensively we've had our struggles so that's sort of the first lens like okay how do we address that moving forward Mm -hmm. you know that's gonna come from development within like okay these are some things in the offseason we're gonna approach our guys with um you know from a roster standpoint I don't know like it's another way to approach it and you know I, I I trust that our group will do a really good job of that and Travis is gonna lead us well in that department um and those are just like those are the areas where, like, yeah, we got to address our, our needs defensively. And it's no secret. It's been said. Travis has said it before. And so I'll echo just kind of that that picture where if we get those two right, and that's – I know it's boiling it down to the most simple basketball terms, offensive defense. Yeah. We should be okay. <laughs> Both ends of the floor. It's that simple, folks. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. get your offense right, your defense right, and you'll be okay. And you'll win titles, yeah. Yeah, it's, that's, that's a championship team, a good offense and a good defense. That's right, all it takes. Right, Okay, so let's circle back to the G League because I know you were involved with the G League, G League when you were with the Spurs, and then I think – Honestly, one of the people I get the most questions about is probably Jalen Johnson. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, and Sharif Cooper, too, to an extent. People are so excited about them. Yeah. Um, so what have you seen from how much do you keep an eye on, you know, the Skyhawks who have done had an amazing, you know, into their, um, I guess, regular season? Yeah. Um, what have you seen from them? A lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's 
they started off rocky too, right? Like, mm-hmm. like oh man. Like, yeah, that a was tough a tough one. Yeah, yeah it's a tough stretch here. And you know, they they made some they made some trades. We had a lot of back and forth between Jalen and Sky and Sharif and you know, you talk about how it's just challenging in a normal season when you can't you're anticipating being with Atlanta. Like imagine being those guys where they get a call sometimes the day of and saying like, Hey, you got to fly to Boston to meet the team because you know, we need you Jalen or Sharif or like they have to always be on their toes and rest for them is a different type of rest Mm -hmm, (laughs) altogether. mm -hmm. And it's a huge credit to how they were able to approach this season. And there's been times where like, it seems like they're low and that's totally natural. And that's where it's our job. Um, coaches in front office to come alongside them cushion them give them the resources in order to get through that but also to not like get out too quickly right because again it's in those pit stages where we really learn to to grow not just in our skill set but like our character so hopefully playing the long term for Jalen and Sharif and Sky whatever that looks like for them whether they're Hawks or they're not like the whole idea is like if you're here we hope you got better and they've done a terrific job with um with the scheduling, with development, and, you know, I can go into specific players with them, with, with each of them. Like, Jalen, just so proud of, of how far he's come his time so in athletic. high school. He's so athletic. So athletic. Even, like, I know for a good portion of the season, he was obviously, you know, it was just kind of garbage time minutes, and then he got a little bit of time to shine yeah. recently. And I think the, the defense, you know, is, is progressing, but, like, he made some wildly athletic plays at the rim. It was cool yeah. to see. Yeah, it re- I mean, it really is. And it's, it's no accident. Part of that is just his God-given talent, but he really does work. And not just on his body, but just like his mindset and how he's grown over the year. Uh, it's been it's been really fun to see. And then Sharif now has had an extended time with College Park. And you kind of see him taking on those leadership roles, being that on court general to where, you know, he has got a, he's been a big part of this late season surge of getting them into the playoffs and you know, not only him, but like they've had terrific players. Like Cat Barber's been playing well. Justin Tillman's been an unbelievable big in the G League. They're talking about his name and like MVP type stuff. So he went to VCU, right? He did. Yeah. 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 I covered the A10 for a little bit and I remember him being really good at VCU. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I can go down the line. I, I, I'm not trying to leave guys out, yeah, but yeah. they've done a, a really good job. And Sky, like people don't know about Sky, it's just how encouraging he is. I know he doesn't get a lot, of, he spent a lot of time with Atlanta and doesn't get a lot of time on the court. But he's actually very encouraging with the guys, you know, when they come out because he's an ultimate professional, um, very mature for his age. And he's somebody that's been able to kind of talk with some guys in the games, out of games. Um, He's got a lot of leadership gravitas, I would say, to him. So excited to see where he goes with his own development. Can I get your thoughts on, again, good time to be talking about the Hawks. Good good timing here to have you on because five-game win streak. Mm -hmm. What's been going what do you? What's the biggest thing you attribute that to? Watching the games and also knowing the guys. Do you just feel like the team is peaking at the right time, or are there some specific things that you've seen get ironed out? Um, the guys seem to be playing just better with each other. I think that throughout seasons, you you finally get that chemistry going, and you're able to anticipate. You take some of the thinking out of it, so you can place more thinking into other areas that you do need to address. But just having I mean, it's and we still plagued with injuries. Like John's been out, um, still out. Yeah, yeah and, and Gallo kind of in and out of that lineup. But I mean, a lot of it. Trey's been very good. You know, he's um, he's been he's been pretty good. I, I'll, I'll keep it at that. Uh, and then just 
the ability for all of them to trust each other and know what roles they have um, have been good. They've been stepping up to just in, 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 especially in these later games, understanding that there's a lot on the line, there's seeding potential there. Um, so it becomes a lot more real when you start to see how close some of these numbers are, as you were saying earlier, right? Like the Eastern conference is bunched up in a lot of different spots. So I'm sure it's a number of factors and um, those are just to name a few. Last one for you. Cause you guys are, likely headed for the play-in tournament. Um, what are your thoughts on the play-in tournament as a whole? I'd love to get someone who's been in both, you know, a player, front office, like a, worn many different hats, as we said. I, I think there's like, you know, there's obviously a group that really likes the idea of it, mm-hmm. and it does give a little bit more of a competitive edge to some teams who are sort of on that bubble late in the season. But then at the I guess the other... The other group of it, and I can't decide which group I'm, I'm in, the other side of it is, well, if should there be more of a cap on, if you're that far beneath a team in the standings, should you get the chance if you're like a 10, you mm-hmm. know, to potentially like win a game? You know, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I can see both sides of it. What are your thoughts? I like it. I think there's definitely drama. I think we see a lot more meaningful games towards the ends, ends of seasons where, you know, some guys may not care as much. Um, and so when you start to see, like, you still have a shot at it, yeah. you know, it, it gets the juices Incentivizes. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's an incentive. And everyone's competitive at the end of the day. And, like, that's why we play. It's I guess it's sort of like if you like Cinderella stories and March Madness, you know, you should probably like some of the mm-hmm. – some of, at least some of the playing, I guess. I know it's a little bit different, but um, I particularly like it just because it gives us something – even when we have a season like what we had where it's not quite what we expected, we still have hope. And we still can be a team that, um, I guess, catches lightning in a bottle and just peaking at the right time, all the things that we've talked about, and we'll see what happens, right? And if, had it not been for the plan, like, we might not get that opportunity. True, true. So maybe it's too maybe it's too short sighted where I'm looking at the context of this year and I'm not right. thinking long term. But You're I'm like, like, this could benefit us. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. I right. love it. <laughs> right. Landry, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. So that wraps up my conversation with Landry. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. I know I definitely did. Um, Landry's really good at chatting about the X's and O's, about the logistics of front office stuff. But then one thing I really appreciate about him is that he can bring in like the human emotional side of it very well. Um, So anyway, I just think I really enjoy talking to him about that stuff in general. And I'm really grateful that he was willing to sit down and and share that with, with all of us together. So please don't forget to rate, review, follow, share, and subscribe. And we will see you Monday on the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.